Hello and welcome back to another episode of 18, a Minnesota Twins baseball podcast. Uh, we are on episode 30 here on 18, you know, 30 episodes, just like a whole month's worth of episodes. Uh, and we started in November, uh, the mid-November, started very start of November, so, you know, I can't believe it's been that long since we started. It feels like it started just yesterday. Uh, but as always, I'm your host, Joe. Follow me on Twitter at 18TwidsPodcast. Today we're going to break down um, what the Pablo Lopez trade could mean for the rest of the Twins' depth. Because last episode I kind of ranted about how, you know, trading players at your prime, all that stuff. No, today we're going to change it up. And if we have some extra time, I might do the top players on the Twins thing, like where I do five at a time, whatever. You know, like I did, I haven't done one for a long time, I don't think. Um, how far am I? I believe I am. Um, geez, I don't even know. Here we are. I'm 15 through. My last one was Jorge Lopez. Um, so yeah, uh, let's get started. Anyway, so yes, like I said, first things first, how will Pablo Lopez affect the twins rotation falling down the line? And so, in my opinion, these are, this is the Twins rotation, okay? Sonny Gray, Tyler Malley, Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan, Kenta Maeda. Our depth, so like six and beyond, Bailey Ober, Louis Varland, Simeon Wood Richardson, and... Well, no, I guess we could put Josh Winder before Louis Varland, I want to say. So we have four people that could be potential ro- could be potential pieces on the rotation, but most likely will not be because we have these five. So let's start talking about what this what what's this going to mean, okay? How is this going to mean for the development? The first thing I want to say, the it's specific. It's better for to let pitchers cook in the minor leagues more than it is for hitters to cook in the minor leagues. The the I'm not sure what the reason is for that. It's just the way baseball works. A lot of the times you'll see rookie pitchers come up, 25, 26, maybe 24 at the youngest most of the time. And it's not too uncommon where you see a 22-year-old rookie hitter. Louis Varland and Simeon Woods-Richardson, those guys are pretty young. Josh Weinberg, they're pretty young. Um, you know, so actually if we look at their, if we look at their age, you know, they're still... They still have time where it's not a terrible idea to just let them cook. It's they can sit in there a little longer. Most likely, nothing's gonna happen with it. They, I. It's better to, and you also have to keep in mind that 
Yeah, Louis Verlin's 25, so he can still wait another year and he'd be just fine. It's not like we're pulling him up late. If this were a position player, it'd be extra late. But uh, it, you also have to keep in mind that the Twins' front half of the rotation, Gray and Malley, are both going to be gone after this season. So we really... So, uh, Simeon Woodrichus and Louis Verlin, Josh Winder, Billy Ober, how those guys grow in the minor leagues is going to really matter just because uh, it's going to affect what how our rotation is later on. And you might be thinking, well, is he stealing playing time from Louis Verlin and Simeon Woodrichus and that we could would kind of want him to have up in the big leagues? The realistic side of that is no, not really, because... It's it's pretty hard to take a pitcher out of the minor leagues too late. You can do that with uh, with hitting prospects. Uh, the Yankees are known to do it. You can't really do that with starting pitchers. You might as well just let them stay down in there, work on their arsenal. You know, with hitters, I mean, after you get to a certain point, you can't really get very much higher. Um. Like, there's not really a specific thing to work on. Well, well, aware, while pitchers uh, are able to work on their pitchers, pitchers more, add a new pitch to their arsenal, work on spin rate. It's a lot more of a one-person idea, more so than hitters. And that's part of the reason why I think it takes longer for them to develop. Uh, I'm not even sure if it takes longer to them to, for them to develop. I, d- I think it just means that you can keep them down a lot longer. Um, so I honestly, you know, at first, like my very, very first reaction, I was like, oh no, are we like keeping Varland and Woods Richardson down, even though we've seen they're pretty capable starters. You know, Varland did not pitch that bad uh, for the Twins when, when he was uh, on the uh, Major League roster. You know, he struck out Aaron Judge. He had a three-point... 8-1 ERA through five starts, I want to say. Let me check here. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is it it doesn't matter a crazy amount. Here, how many starts he had. Five starts, yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, it, but it doesn't matter that much what or how long they stay down. You know, Varland could be, he could be a, com- a competitive pitcher for the Twins. Uh, this year, I I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I don't think he'll make the opening day roster. I think if he is going to come on, it's going to be because of two reasons. One, he completely outperforms AAA, or two, lots and lots of injuries, which I prefer. He completely outperforms AAA, but you know, a three point eight one ERA last year, like including Pablo Lopez, that that would put him like third in ERA for the Twins. Keep in mind, extremely, extremely small sample size. Um, only uh, only 26 innings pitched. So it's not like he's a guaranteed that kind of number. But, you know, we can definitely count on him uh, to be a competitive starter. And you know what? I think a lot of people think that Louis Verlin's going to be the next Joe Ryan, uh, or have a season similar to that that Joe Ryan had. 
I think the path is less clear than it was for Ryan, where Ryan, you know, they they were running out of rotation rooms, and it felt like Ryan was pretty much guaranteed because they can't add five starting pitchers uh, during one offseason. However, Varlin, the rotation feels more set. You know, they'll probably have him stay down a little while, uh, work work on his pitches, work on his uh, getting more spin on the ball, um, and you know he should come up and maybe we'll lower that to a three ERA instead of a three point eight. Um, so yeah, that's my perspective on that. Um, however, you know uh, that or that's that's how I think the Lopez is uh, gonna help play out on the the uh, younger guys. However, on the uh, rest of the rotation, I've heard some talk about. Does this make them significantly better? That's what a lot of people wanted the Arias trade to do. They wanted it to make them be a surefire idea that the Twins will be 110% better than they were last year. I would say not 110%. I would definitely make it. I would definitely think it makes them better than last year. Actually, I would say 110%. I go back and forth, like I did just then. I go back and forth, whether I think it made them significantly better or not. But I think they had the extra offense, and they would like the pitching depth. You know, the the Twins, the pitching doesn't have an extreme amount of upside. It doesn't have that front-line starter who might have a sub-2 ERA for most of the season. However... It does have the potential to have all four or all five, maybe even six starters have a sub-four ERA. And you know what? A 3.81 ERA, which is sub-four, that got an ERA plus last year of... Where can I find it? I don't know. We'll just use Pablo Lopez instead. But, you know, uh, it, it's not that bad. Uh, and it's actually super nice. You know, who is Pablo Lopez at a sub-3 ERA will say, or sub-4 ERA will say. Imagine having Pablo Lopez start on your fifth day versus, who's the fifth starter on the Royals? Jeez, I don't know. Oh, but Pablo Lopez with the sub was, so it's about league average. But uh, who's the fifth starter on the Royals? I don't even know, but imagine Pablo Lopez going against him. That's that's what I'm trying to have you understand is, it, you know, upside's good, but not just depth like in the lower minor leagues. I'm talking depth like in the, in the or not like in the minor leagues. Not, I'm talking depth like, you know... It, it's not like they have people there. It's they have competitive people there, above average people there, pretty much all the way down, you know? And I'm going to be honest, that's something this Twins team hasn't had in a while. Um, that Like, uh, one thing I was trying to see was, like, uh, what did I say this in the last podcast? Where I was looking for the fourth game. Yeah, I definitely said that. <laughs> um, but, you know... It, 
it does add extra depth and it gives them an extra edge when you've got your fifth starter having a sub four ERA, which the Twins could not say last year. Last year, their fifth starter was Chris Archer with the sub six ERA. You know, it 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 adds a good advantage. Now, does it add so much advantage in a playoff series? Not so much, but most likely, if, I would not feel terrible about having Gray, Lopez, and Mally going in my rotation three, in my starting three, and then Joe Ryan still in case if he budges up a little bit, you know, maybe he's over Mally. Whatever, I would not take or I would not be concerned too much with those top four. Now, does it have the upside of the Mets rotation? The Mets rotation are just as deep through the top, through the five, uh, but they have more upside. No, it doesn't. But the Mets also spend a bajillion dollars every offseason. The Mets spent, you know, a, an amount of half the Twins' payroll on Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. Can we expect the Twins to do that? No, because then they'd have to put out the Cleveland Guardians every year. Uh... Like not not concerning those two, um, and so, uh, you know, it 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 won't be that bad, and honestly, depth is. I would say depth is the better way to make it to the playoffs than upside. Upside and depth is the way to win to make it to the playoffs and win, but just upside is not quite enough, um. Jeez, I'm trying to think of a team who had just... Oh, here. Um, Los Angeles Angels. Just upside, no depth. Um, and then let's look at a team with just depth, no upside. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, okay? We mix those two teams together, which is kind of what the Twins have. Not, not to that extent, but kind of what the Twins have. And look at that. You've got a team that can make it far in the playoffs and can also, um, it, it can also uh, make it to the playoffs in the first place. And I think those those are the two key components you need uh, to succeed in the MLB. Um, anyways, we're going to switch gears and talk about the uh, idea of signing Yuli Gurriel. Uh, formerly on the Astros, uh, let's talk about some of his stats. Um, so he they, he was on the Astros. He came up as a rookie when he was 32. He played in the Cuban League forever. Um, this is his first year of free agency. Uh, the Marlins were looking at getting him, but talks have quote cooled down. Uh, last year he had a 2.42 batting average with. Uh, eight home runs, an OPS plus of 84. So not that significant. However, 2021, 319 batting average, league leading, and 15 home runs. OPS plus, 131. The reason this even comes up is the DH spot is, uh, not the DH, the uh, first base area. I could use a little more sure-handedness. I would love to see the Twins go out and get Yuli Gurriel on a one-year deal. You know, maybe a team option uh, for the second year. 
just because I feel like it would sure up the position a little bit more. If Kepler doesn't, if Kepler, or not Kepler, if Kirloff gets hurt, we're not scrambling as much. I'd love to see the team get Yuli Gurriel. Uh, one thing that, I mean, maybe it comes into play, maybe it won't. Every other year he has a down year, and every other year he has an upside year. So in 2016, 86 OPS plus. I'll I'll just say first. I'm reading these in OPS plus. 2016, 86, 2017, 121, 2018, 105, 2019, 126, 2020, 77, 2021, 131, and 2022, 84. Adding a career 110 OPS plus hitter to your lineup can never hurt. You know. Especially would offset the balance of losing a rise. You know, who knows? Maybe he does win the batting champion. And the Twins look like geniuses. Um, I feel like uh, if they were to sign him to a one-year deal, it, would be, it, would, it wouldn't have to be enough um, where they'd have to, uh, where they'd have to, like, where they could be feel fine with him riding the bench a little bit. Um, he is a... Uh, right-handed hitter, so maybe it's a platoon with him and Kirloff. I wouldn't feel terrible about that, to be honest. Um, you know, w- whatever it has to be, uh, in it, it, it'll work out. Um, I am. I, I'd love. I'd love to see see them getting him. Uh, I can't imagine he'll get a crazy amount in free agency, con- considering he is currently thirty-eight. Uh, should be, um, 39 about halfway through the season. Um, you know, he's pretty old. Uh, I, I, I would love to see the Twins get this pickup. I think it would be a very nice addition to the team. And like we said, depth, but he also comes with quite a bit of upside, uh, with that 131 OPS plus last year. Uh, could you imagine that lineup? With like you know you'd probably have to DH one of them, but uh, could you imagine that lineup if everything clicks? Uh, yeah, it would be a little bit nuts. One final thing, <sighs> I know I've talked a lot. One final thing I'd like to talk about is uh, on Twins Daily. This article has caused quite a uh, bustle. Whatever I don't know. And it is, is this team better than the 2019 squad? Or this team is better than the 2019 squad by Ted Schwarzler. Uh, it's, it's caused quite a buzz, and I just want to talk about it. Going into 2019, this is, what, this is my opinion. This is my personal opinion. Going into 2019 compared to going into 2023. On paper, this team looks better. However, you have to consider, in 2019, that was four-fifths of the team having career years, okay? Now, if you look at the infield for this 2023 team compared to the 2019 team, the 2019 had Marwin Gonzalez, Jorge Polanco at shortstop, uh, Jonathan Scope and CJ Crone on opening day compared to the Jose Miranda, Carlos Correa, Jorge Polanco, Alex Kirloff, I definitely take the 2023 squad. The outfield is kind of close. You know, if I had to pick one, gun to the head, I'd pick 2019, but it's still pretty close. Um, and the pitching staff is probably better now. 
However, you also, like I said earlier, you have to keep in mind, in 2019, they all had career years. That's probably not going to happen again. Most likely not going to happen again. And I, I, I wouldn't... I don't think this team's going to win 100 games. I think it'd be foolish to say this team is going to win 100 games like the 2019 squad did. Heck, I don't even know how the 2019 squad won 100 games. I don't think it's unreasonable, however, that this team could win 90 games or 93 games, 95 games. I I don't think that's unreasonable. As a matter of fact, I could see I could clearly see an outcome where this team wins 93, 95 games. However, I could also see an outcome where this team wins 80 games. I don't think I don't think it's going to be below 80 this year. I really don't knock on wood. Uh that's me knocking on wood. I hope they don't <laughs> lose less than 80 games. It's frustrating, but what you also have to keep in mind, like I've said time and time again, the Twins ended on a sour note last year. They were not that bad all year. And if they hadn't ended so terribly, if they didn't end up with a 500 record, we wouldn't have all this talk, oh, the Twins were doomed after June. Because, in all honesty, after June, we were feeling pretty optimistic. Heck, in August, I was looking forward to playoff games at Target Field. I am optimistic for next season. Cautiously optimistic. This has been episode 30 on 18 Minnesota Twins Baseball Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at 18 Twins Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe. Thank you guys for listening to 30 episodes, and I'll catch you in 31.